You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Welcome to The After Laugh. I'm here with my producer, Tommy Wakefield. What up? And also uh, a person who I've met maybe once before, but who I, I follow on Twitter. I think is very funny. I think is a very funny comic. Zara Misrahi. Did I say it right? I, uh, with the accent, I've never heard. <laughs> but like, if, if you have that accent, you crushed it. So... <laughs> Well, Zara Mizrahi. Oh, yes, Zara you crushed Mizrahi. it. I can't, I, okay, so Mizrahi, I'm assuming, is that a... Uh, um, Syrian. Syrian. Yeah, yeah, so close enough to what is, you're about it, to say. It's not Jewish? Uh, it is Jewish. Okay. Um, there were Syrian Jews. Well, there are Syrian Jews. They Am just I an don't. Idiot? I knew that. But... No, no, no. This is this is kind of obscure Jewish history that you might uh, not know. I, no, I want people to learn on my podcast. Give me some Syrian Jewish history. Cliff notes are there were Jews in Syria, and then they had to boot. And then my family, for some reason, went to Mexico. Um, so they're mm. Mexican Jews now. They've been there for like a hundred years, but the name stays. So like culturally, they're Mexican, but the the last name now. So culturally they're Mexican, but you. So are you a practicing? Someone told me that you can't say the word Jew. What you have to say? Are you a practicing member of the Jewish? That's too many words. I know. Like just say Jew. Are you Jew? Okay. <laughs> You is can a, say Jew. What is, a, what is a Mexican Jew in terms of culture? Is it it's the same same thing. Same thing, just with Spanish. Just with Spanish. Got it. Instead of instead of English or. But do you have a bat mitzvah and a quinceañera? No quinceañera. Oh. Um. Not, that's that's not, strictly religious, right? I think it is, right? Um. Yeah. That's a Catholic thing. Is it? Oh, God. I do not I'm, know. I'm the worst fake Mexican just, ever. I just thought it was a straight, <laughs> straight up Mexican thing. Like, if you're Mexican, what if I you're knew 15, so much about Mexican history? Can I just say something which is kind of disturbing, by the way, in yeah. the wake of everything that's happening right now with with R. Kelly and, and the whatnots? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The idea of a bat mitzvah and the idea of a quinceañera is like, now she's a woman. Right. Now she's ready to get married. She's 15. Take her. Yeah, you're right. I never thought about that. That is weird. It's very disturbing. It's old thinking. <laughs> Why don't they use that as a defense? <laughs> but she yeah. was bought mitzvahed. <laughs> Her family approved that this. Here's a video of our student electric slide. <laughs> you know, R. Kelly came out now, and said that. Here's a question. Here's a question that you probably get a lot of. Now I'm kind of a New Yorker, so this is very New Yorker. But any relation? Uh, not that I know of. You know what I'm talking about? You're such a I trashy do North Carolina man. <laughs> All right. Isaac Mizrahi? Yeah. No, yeah, obviously I, everyone. Wow. I mean, you don't know a kind of obscure fashion designer. <laughs> From a state that I'm nowhere yeah. close to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone asks, and I'm so tempted to say yes, just to see. Because I've only <laughs> I've only answered and then had people be disappointed by my answer. So I just want to see them be like, oh, really? But then I'm afraid there's more follow-up questions, and then I wouldn't know how to back Any it up. Any relation to the Zara brand fashion yeah. line? How about that? See, that's a question. Just the first name? And I'm like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> hey, yeah. Is that a relation? <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> Have you done your your uh, ancestry.com and DNA and me and all that? No, shit? I'm too much of a conspiracy theorist. To Are do you that serious? Shit. Yeah, yeah. Now tell, same, me about, tell me what that means because because I feel like the conspiracy theory thing has really taken off in the past two years, particularly out in fucking Los Angeles. 
people, and I don't want to name names, people who are high up at the Wild Factory uh, are on board with every conspiracy. I mean, really? you name it. Maybe Flat Earth, they're not, but 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 chemtrails, mm-hmm. uh, Illuminati, obviously, the black helicopters, aliens, every single one. So, are you one of those conspiracy theories? Are I don't you, know about all that, but are I you like an ironic conspiracy theory. Like it's fun <laughs> just for funsies. <laughs> it's fun for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I just well, it's not even a conspiracy any theory anymore. They they've actually sold all that information to like insurance companies, haven't they already? Hundred percent. Yeah. Wait, that's common knowledge. On, they have. On. So if you do ancestry.com. And you, you do the D- DNA in me is not a thing. I'm sure. I just made that up. Twenty three in me. <laughs> DNA in me. Uh, so that that is being used by places to harvest information to sell things. Well, for insurance companies to see patterns and like oh. what your what your um what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like disease history, pre existing conditions. Yeah, yeah. Because they can. So they know your what you're gonna. Like what your what is the word I'm looking for? Genetic like, markers inclined to predisposition. Well, I'll give you I'll give you an example. God for damn example, it. <laughs> prehistoric. I think I I already said all the max amount of I, words I can look, for yeah. one I day. I said I said genetic markers, which was pretty good in clutch. You know what? You're right. Can we go? Can we go with his? Okay, we'll go with genetic markers okay. and hope it's not. Well, something bad. I'll give you. Okay, so in the Jewish culture, there's different types of Jews. I can't. I feel like I can't say the word Jew without sounding racist. Well, when you say it and then act uncomfortable about it, okay. <laughs> yeah. what are you thinking but for when example, you say Ashkenazi it? Jews, they, there's like 13 sort of standard genetic markers for diseases. And Ashkenazi Jews carry 11 of them. So the, the mandate is for Jewish cultures, obviously, marry Jew, but they also got to marry with, outside the Ashkenazi to get rid of the genetic markers. Yeah, like Jews, only, only Jews get Tay-Sachs. That's right. Yeah. There's some other things they only get, right? That's the headliner of the diseases. <laughs> There's some rem- features, maybe. A yeah, of, uh, yeah, but I can't remember. Opens. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what the guest spots are. What is, so, as a Syrian Jew, what is the sort of? Are you Ashkenazi? Or are you? I'm half and half. So my dad's side is Middle Eastern, so they're Sephardic, and then uh-huh. my mom's side is is Ukrainian, so they're oh. Ashkenazi. So it's a combo. Wow, that's yeah. a really cool combination. We're just white and so boring. Well, so, I'm, you're half me. <laughs> you're half cool. <laughs> right? Um, so let, well, I want to hear your story in terms of, uh, I, I'd love to hear kind of like the history of Judaism as it relates to you. So you grew up where? I grew up in LA, actually. I was born, oh, God. I was born up the street. You are born up the street? Yeah, yeah. Kaiser, you know, right across from the Church of Scientology. Really? Yeah, yeah. You must have some runs with Scientologists in your life. When Man, I, I should have more considering... Yes. Actually, I did walk into one once. Have you ever? Have you guys have ever been in one? Too, Too scared. You Too walked scared. into like a center. It was yeah, yeah. It was kind of an accident. Like I was in um, Northern California with my brother, and he was writing just freelance for somebody remotely. And he was like, "Oh, I should probably while we're up here, I guess I should meet this person I've been writing for." And he was like, "Great, meet me at this address." And yeah. we were like, "Cool." Literally showed up to the Church of Scientology without without knowing. And we just like made a U-turn and just drove away. This was away. not in LA. This, was, this in, was in Northern California. Northern California. Yeah, yeah. Oh it was really scary. And then we had to like park up the street because you hear all those horror stories about how they like take your license plate number and stuff. Well, my story with Scientology is I, I know I've known a bunch of them and uh, not as much as I know Jews. But um, uh, they <laughs> – I'm stuck. I'm stuck on it now. Uh, and, and I'm friends with them and they never try to convert me. Which makes me think I must not be vibrating enough because they try to convert people that they feel 
are worthy of Scientology. Or so you took they- it personally? Uh, of course I did. <laughs> or like, are they just kind of like, no, we're cool. We're not trying to convert you. And then like if you hung out with them again, they'd be like, just so you know, this is the way to get in. Bill's going to join just because he's insecure. Yes, pretty much. Well, y'all don't I, want me? I did a pilot for like two weeks with this one guy who's a big sign. I don't want to name his name. But he, uh, I, I asked him about the brunch. They have a Sunday brunch at the Celebrity Center, which is supposed to be so good. Kick-ass then, brunch? And I kept asking about it, and he was like, yeah, yeah, it's a great brunch. We're all, and I was like, come on, man. I, I want you to try to recruit me so I can say no. <laughs> never happened. It's like when you it's like when you want to just get invited to a party that you wouldn't have even yeah, gone Yeah, it's to. the Groucho Marx thing. <laughs> you don't want to be a member of any club that will have you as a member. That's different. Yeah, it's it like sounds the opposite related. It sounds related, but it's different. <laughs> I try to sound smart, and it didn't work. You want to okay. be a part of it because they won't have you as a member. But yeah, you wouldn't, but then if they even wanted, if they wanted me, be you. like, you guys must suck. You wanted me to Harpo. be a Harpo said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you grew up in that. Oh, you're an L.A. girl. God, this is going to be a short podcast Well, the now. judgment. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Wow. So, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So you grew up in L.A. Now, when you say L.A., do you mean the Valley? Or do you mean... No, like, no, proper. Like... Like WeHo? Like I grew up near the Beverly Center. This is like when you meet people who grew up in Manhattan. Yeah. Like I'm from New York. Yeah, New York where? Yeah, I took like, the subway to the school. The Statue of Liberty. And they're like, <laughs> rye, they're like rye, you know, or something like that. Westchester? No, motherfucker. You're not... But people like Manhattan, it's like, ooh. Yeah, you're like, what? So mm-hmm. you grew up, um, no, you went to high school where? Uh, this little school called Milken. Okay. It was terrible. I left after 10th grade. <laughs> Did I you just, drop out of school? Well, I took the GED or the California proficiency exam. So I had my diploma, but I never went to college. You never went to college? No. Okay, I want to talk about that because okay. that's obviously in the air these days, the whole college thing. Yeah, that's I true too. Think, yeah. I have a daughter, by the way, who's in college right now. And what? she's having a tough time. She's the first year. Where? Berkeley. She's having a tough time because those schools, you know, didn't really give a, they're big. They don't really give a fuck about you. And she had to move there and there's issues with mom. Anyway. Um, and I told her, I was like, look, it doesn't matter if you go to college anymore. Everyone I've worked with in my entire life, every boss of mine never went to college or never graduated. Mm. Jamie Masada never went to college. And then Jamie Kennedy, I wrote and toured him for four or five years, never went to college. Tucker Max, I think he dropped out. I feel like so, you deal with a lot of entertainment people, though. Is that what it is? So I mean, you, definitely in entertainment, you don't need yeah. it. There are probably like a handful of professions where you do, obviously, medical, you know, legal, <laughs> lawyer, um, or like accounting, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, it, it, you really can do everything yourself if you want to. Were you, uh, now what type of student were you? Um, not a great one. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed learning. I just hated the people who were teaching me. Yeah. You know, because you're always like, I don't think you're smarter than me. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. it just, like, I know that they know all the facts, but I'm, but even back then I was like, if you were really smart, you wouldn't be a teacher. You know yes. what I mean? And yes. so I was kind of a smart ass and I, I was kind of antagonistic. And Did you get suspended and shit like that? No, but I would like ditch class and get in trouble and then talk back and then like, you know, get into too many tiffs with a teacher for what you know what i mean yeah. i just like yeah i was like so punk rock yeah. i just <laughs> but i like hated it and i was a music nerd okay and so i was just like i got about and there was a time where i was like all right i don't think i'm gonna go to college and i was like great so i don't really have to go to college. then i was like why do i have to finish high school then yeah of course if i could just get the thing and my mom was like hell no and i was like but what if oh. 
I like I, w- I really wanted to act at the time I was like what if I just replaced all these hours with like acting school yeah and then she's like okay fine it's still school yeah like you're still you know it'll be more productive and then you don't waste time in what actual did feel about school that? I didn't tell my dad for a while they're divorced so oh. they weren't like a unit that had to be convinced so you could divide and together conquer. yes so it took me a little while to tell him that I actually left <laughs> That you left high school. school. Yeah. It How took long? me a little bit. A few months. A few months. And yeah. What you told him or was, six months, is, maybe. Is he, now, I don't... In my mind, you say Syrian Jew. I just picture like a, a like a very hairy guy with a stern face who doesn't <laughs> smile a lot. No, he's actually cool as hell. He is? Yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. He's like jokey and lighthearted. He is hairy. <laughs> but um like sweet like just a cool cool so dude and when i told it? him he was like first i remember my mom told him we're thinking about it and he was like oh, okay and then i don't think we told him the official like when it officially happened for a little while but then when i did tell him he was like all right like if you think that that's right he didn't go to college either oh okay and my both my parents are kind of artistic so they were like all right you well can. that's good do you feel that as a i i know a lot of dancers and actors didn't go to college and I f- they feel a lot of these people feel insecure about the fact they didn't go to college. Is that something that you ever think about? No. No. It's not at all. Because you're too busy walking around like that person's stupid. You're making me so judgy. <laughs> um, no, I, I've known people who were like 50 years old who had good careers, but they didn't go to college, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, you know, I could have gone to college." They got like, "I'm like, look, Whoa, I think college really? is stupid. Don't don't get me wrong." Yeah. That, so, that feels old school to get defensive about it. I know. It. It's so, like and, the, and the well, I guess I'm old and school. So in the wake of everything with the college scandals, what's your perspective on that with the cheating stuff? Do you think it's just – well, go ahead. What do you think? No, I mean it kind of sucks. It sucks for the people who are trying to do it the right way for sure. I didn't – at first I just thought they were paying schools to get in. Yeah. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks, but I'm not surprised. And then somebody told me all the details about like the the pictures with the the team – the sports teams (laughs) and the – like how how deep it got and then like, you know, other people taking their SATs for them. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't hear that. Other people took their SATs for them? Yeah. Or like – yeah. Or they just were like put in a separate room because they said they had – like anxiety disorder and couldn't take it in a room full of other people so they went to another room and then the person who was like the proctor for that room was paid off so if Mm. they cheated they were like like it went really into i was like if you're gonna put that much work into it that's more work than college yeah it is you might as well just go (laughs) you know do you think think that these kids were unwittingly swept into it do you think they knew that the proctor was oh god i don't know i mean they had to know a little bit it's like the lamest conspiracy of all time but but (laughs) particularly nowadays with the culture and the PC shit and the snowflake shit. I feel like people are so entitled to the belief. When I was a kid, I don't think my dad ever told me that I was interesting or talented or smart or ever. My mom did because she was drunk. But um, <laughs> but I feel like now, because parent parenting in like the seventies eighties, I think parents were like, "Got a kid, hard job's done, send him to school." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Isma has this great joke about Iceland. He goes, "In L.A., everyone takes their kid to school every day." Iceland, first day of school, like, your school's there. <laughs> you will go there. Yeah. <laughs> and then they never see their, they never walk their kids to school again. So I feel like kids are so entitled that they're completely unaware of the forces around them making their life so fucking easy. So they don't get it. And I think they're being told it's okay to be that entitled. Does that make sense? First of all, is Olivia Jade going to suffer any consequences from what happened? <laughs> she got a lot of publicity. I follow her now. Oh, my God. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I probably don't, but... <laughs> Here's a fun fact for the, the listeners and you guys. Did you see the movie Eighth Grade? 
I haven't seen it yet. I actually haven't yet. Okay. So Bo Burnham wrote and directed it. Yeah, yeah. The best movie of the year last year. The fact that Spike Lee got mad that his piece of shit Black Klansman didn't win and he had a hissy fit in the aisle with his purple clown suit when eighth grade didn't get nominated is such a travesty. Anyway, the the woman that they're referencing for social media is Olivia Olivia Jade. She's doing a makeup tutorial in the beginning. This is oh. three years ago. Anyway, oh, wow. Back to you. I never thought Bill would be a ride or die Bo Burnham fan, but here we are. I fucking love Bo Burnham. He's great. Wait, why wouldn't I be a writer? Type? He's amazing. I just oh, know. he's amazing. So then I can't be his. No, no. I just you know. He's a young. He's a young comedian. What? No, not that. No, everything you're saying are we right makes now? me How feel did like we get here? you're shitting on me. No, I just, I just like his I stuff find is it... smart, Bill, and you like him. No, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> why okay, so, uh, so you. you Look! Look what's happening. My body's already falling apart. So you did the uh, you did the GED. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, free fall. Yeah, I actually kind of spun into a little bit of a freak out. Like not not like nervous breakdown or anything, but I was just like, wow, I have the whole like I have too much control. You know what I mean? Like I could do basically what I wanted all the time, and even though it was structured, it was a little scary. I like for sure. I was like eating a bunch i like gained 40 pounds it was <laughs> i did so i was like I, I, it was weird like all of a sudden my life just like changed i was just kind of like depressed and anxious and yeah. like really scared that i was like no i want to leave and then they're like okay now i'm like wait what and wait, how old I, are you when you did 16 16 yeah so 16 and you're living at home obviously yeah still, right? i was okay. living at home mm-hmm. with your mom yeah with your mom who is supporting you yeah and then you go do you take like an acting program? Or yeah, yeah. Or I went to I went to a school that would let in people under eighteen. All of them oh, really? had like rules. Yeah, yeah, so I had to like maneuver my way into one, and it was good. And then I went to another one. It was good. And then I kind of like explored the music territory for a little bit because I play music. And yeah, I was so tell music. me about the music. I just I had been playing since I was a kid, and um, I play piano and guitar, and I sing a little bit. Oh wow! Yeah, so I was like, maybe is this kind of what I want to? And then I just never felt comfortable playing music. It feels so awkward to be in front of people. Like here's a song, and everyone. Like staring at you quiet, like it's weird. Yeah. And then my brother was like, "Why well, don't try stand up once and just see how it goes?" So and your maybe brother it'll, was like, the first up. person to tell yeah. you to do that. And then I had a friend who was starting up at the time, and he was like, "Just go to one of her shows and just check it out, see how you feel." And then they were like, "Wait, you want to try it? Go on stage," which wait, never that, happens. Wait, the night that you went, yes. to, this is like the it never show happens. show, huh? It was like a show show. Yeah, like yeah, at the wow. standard. Right here. I understand. So this is like marvelous, Miss Mizell. You just walked up on stage like, "Hey, I've never done it before." I had uh, like I was like toying with ideas because I was flirting with the idea of doing it for like a week or something, and it was just it was stupid the way it happened. Which and you know we obviously we do comedy that has never happened since. Yeah. So it just felt like fate that so, it so was wait, like but, supposed to happen that so, night. So let's let so lay out the scenario. So you go to the standard and it's a book show. How many people are in the room? Yeah. In the room, you said? In the, like, the... I don't know On where the you at the standard. There was that... It was oh, called downtown? the Cactus... No, no, no. Here. It's okay. like, so when you walk in, you know, the pool straight ahead of you? Yeah. On the right, there's that bar area. So it was outdoors by no, the No, no, it was in it was indoors, okay. but it's like the pool's right behind you. Got it, got it, got it, um, got it. And so they... I mean, it's a good thing they ended it, because it was just like, you know... Bullet- who was running the show? Darren Epic. Darren Epic, I don't know. Um, he was super cool to put me up. I mean, it was how many, nice. How many people were in the audience? Uh, 25. 25. Were most of these people comics or just audience no, members? No, like audience members, yeah. People in the standard who are like fan. If you don't know the standard in LA and West Hollywood, it's a very, I don't know if it's fancy, but it's definitely like 
it's for the cool kids. Yeah, it's CNE. It's like, like yeah. Every room has had Coke snorted off every table. A lot of fedoras have come in and out of that place. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's it's a cool place. It's it's like a, anyway. So I imagine you did this. How did that go? It actually went okay. I hate these fucking people. No, 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 no. Wait, hold on. Because yeah. <laughs> that's never how it ends. Like, it went fine. I was like, oh, this shit's easy. Yes. And then I did a bringer show at the comedy store, Eight Dicks. Upstairs? At yeah, the, because at the I was, yeah, because I was just like, oh, I could, anyone could of do that. And of, and of course, I was like, I bombed hard. And then I was like, wait, that can't be my last time doing stand-up and I had no intention of pursuing it. I was like, but I don't want to end on this like terrible note. I was like, I'm just going to do it again. Mm. And then I got better and I was like, eh, I think I can make that punchline a little better. Yeah. And then again, and then, and then, you know, and so when, it begins. where was the point where you're like, Oh shit, now I'm a stand-up. Um, it was pretty quick because I was getting up all the time. Okay. Yeah. How like, were you getting up all the time? Just through. I did bring shows. I did mics. I did. You know, I made friends. I just kind of, I I, I got a podcast you, going pretty quickly. You hear that, Tommy? What? Are you doing everything that she's doing? To make yeah. It? You are. <laughs> yeah. He's running a show and shit. Whoa. I have two shows. You have two shows you're running? Yeah. Not to make this like a plug. <laughs> I'll defend your honor. I do. <laughs> okay, that's cool. She's so, done my show. Um, yeah, I've done it. He's, oh, really? Yeah, he's, uh, the show's great. Now, <laughs> I'm not ask, just saying that. I want to ask you about the music thing because I always feel that um, if you can do music, if you play keyboard too, right? Yeah. I don't think you're as good as her. Definitely not. Um, you sing too? Yeah. And the next part? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not as good as her. Definitely not. Okay. So, um... I always think that if you have that type of talent, because it's it is a talent. It's like a real talent. People go, "Oh, if you can talk, you can sing." This bullshit. I went to graduate school for train, and they trained me for three years to sing, and uh, it's never gonna happen. Damn, you went to graduate oh, school Bill. for singing? Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, so I, so singing is a real talent, and music is obviously a talent as well, and, and a craft. So, do you think that um? That's something you want to incorporate in your stand-up, or do you? No? No, I don't think so. I think that should be reserved for the Bo Burnhams of the world, you know? Well, why not be a because female I'm not, Bo Burnham? Because I don't think I'm that smart, and I don't, and I can't, I, f for you to not be called a hack, you have to be that good. For sure. So, like, I just can't, I'm not, I'm not going to risk it, you know what I'm saying? And I don't feel, and I don't even like playing for people, even. Like, I, this is what I found out when I was, like, exploring it. It was just, like, I like it way more when it's just a hobby Where for me. Where would you perform for people? Like, little cafes, and, you know, I had, like... Like, you're the person in the corner, or I'm Yeah, kind of, yeah, I just didn't like it. Yeah. I, and then I did comedy, and I was like, oh, this is what I want. The music without the music part. Yeah, okay. You know, I just didn't enjoy it. It's awkward, it's <laughs> weird, it's, I don't know, I like how comedies interact and you can yeah. kind of just go off the cuff and i don't know i know yeah i just never felt in fell into the performative music because thing. there there are a couple male comics who have guitar like jay chris newberg who's very funny yeah Nick he's super Thune, funny who's very funny mm -hmm. um and they'll have the sort of they have the little strumming going mm -hmm. and the great thing about that is if you have a joke that doesn't land which is inevitable if you have tons of one-liners you just have a sweet guitar song playing in the background. And Fill then it in becomes the silence. ironic. Yeah, but like, isn't, but that's part, that is what people, I don't agree, but I'm saying like, I'm afraid of being called a hack for that reason. Because people would be like, oh, if your jokes don't survive without music, they're not actually jokes. Yeah. And then I would be afraid of being on the receiving end of that because I wouldn't know how to defend myself. Like mm. when I watch J. Chris Newberg, I think it's so funny. Yeah. I, and I, he's a good friend of mine and I love the guy. Um, so 
I don't even think I would be able to like seamlessly roll through. I think his jokes are good without music. So I think that's why it works for him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. like if it were if there were mediocre jokes and he were doing I I'd be like, uh, is know. that real? I would love to have a guitar just up there. <laughs> you for can an do hour. that really I mean, you could. Um Okay, so that's nothing that you're interested in. That's really uh, wow. At least not now. You know, yeah. I might I might grow some confidence. Have you ever written a, like a funny song? What about like on YouTube when you have your own channel and you can? Like, yeah, write... I think that's different. Yeah. You know, but I still would have to like just grow some balls and be like, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> because really, I think people are way more critical of music. Oh, really? In a comedy? lot, uh, musical comedy. I think actually, I shouldn't say that. I said that, and now I'm not sure if that's true. I yeah. guess I'm just afraid of being judged. Yes, which sounds so. like it means it's something you should do. Maybe, yeah. If I can, if I can. I feel like doing music is scarier because with it is with scarier. comedy you can combat. Like yeah. If something doesn't work, you can instantly defend yourself. Yeah, and you have whereas, like saver lines. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's kind of like you're just being funny to begin with. Whereas music, it's like these are my feelings. This yeah. is how I see the world when I'm vulnerable. Yeah, whereas and you, comedy, you're it's like, expected you to go have up like with a sword. You know what I mean? Yeah, with music, mm. you're expected to have like an emotional experience in front of these people. And it these has to be super... deep somehow. But even comedy music? No, comedy music. No. Are there Goofy any solo female comedians? Who playing guitar, like on their own? Because I know there are lots of duos. Yeah, I mean Lana Turner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I feel like for some, I feel like women in comedy already get scrutinized more. So, like, if they had, like, they would be more likely to be called a hack if they okay, had an okay. instrument than like a dude doing well, it. Maybe let's get to that. I don't know. So, already you've talked about the worry about being called a hack. Now, what's your club that you mostly work at in town um that's kind of hard to say i don't really have one right, uh, kind of bounce all over I, I do laugh factory sometimes i do the improv sometimes um are you go to comedy store a lot yeah yeah I, I mostly started there i just haven't gotten up there in a while do you feel like have you had experiences with comics saying things to you that have been very discouraging where you felt um and this might be a male female thing more so because i think when men get i think in my life when i've been accused of something either being hackery or whatever the fuck it is like, there's always a little bit of, this is going to sound really stupid, <laughs> but I've literally threatened people. <laughs> what does that mean? I've called them well, Jews. I, but, you know, I've been like, I'm like, are you a Jew or a Scientologist? <laughs> he has two um, categories for And they're people. not mutually exclusive. <laughs> but just like, but just as a guy, you just go up to be like, hey, you know, I hear, I go, if, I go, if I hear anything again, there's going to be a problem. And it's over. As a woman, you can't say that. You mean you mean because someone's come at you and called you a hack or something? Uh, well, it's never. No one's ever come at me, but like a friend of mine, like, dude, you know what? Double Boba is saying about you. I'm like, what? Oh, gross! I hate when people tell me that someone else said something. Oh, God, don't it's the tell worst. me that. It's, yeah. yeah. Why gotta... do I want to know that? We're fucking assholes. And they're doing like, oh, I'm your friend, so I'm yeah, telling you. I'm just doing you a favor. It's like, go fuck your favor. I yeah. hate it. I also feel the same thing with uh, the idea of, 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 of joke thievery, which is so big in L.A., you hear about so much, uh, that if someone sees a joke of mine and they go, I have something similar or you're doing like, to, like mm. just come up to me. But don't tell someone to have them tell me that I'm doing a joke that's similar to, I mean, it hasn't happened to me in years and years and years, but like early on, like they would get like proxies to talk to me as opposed to coming like, hey. By the way, just just assume someone's not stealing. I have a similar joke on the same show. Don't yeah, or whatever. Um, what what is the hardest stuff that you've come up come up against in terms of being a comic on the scene? As, just a comic, or well, a maybe as a female comic or as a comic, yeah. Um, 
I mean, I definitely think people just presume that you're not as funny um, as the dudes. Um, but have you been told things, or have, have... I think I think there's some skepticism. You know, I'm also I'm also like, I guess I'm I'm a little younger. You know, so I started when I was 19. Yeah. So like, so I in a way I kind of get I kind of get the skepticism. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like if a if a young chick all of a sudden started coming around, I'd be like, is she? Fun? You know, yeah, there's yeah. just it's just sort of like instinct. You're like, how funny is that person? Yeah. So, but I think I think any skepticism. <laughs> Um, I think any, could you hear that? Someone just got shot. Um, (laughs) um, I, I think any skepticism is, I mean, I think everyone's skeptical of everyone. The thing is like, I know that there must be struggles that females go through, but I really don't feel extra. I think women get a lot of benefits, Yes. you know, like, and I, and that's something that nobody ever talks about. And it's like, it's like, why don't we ever talk about that? You know what I mean? Like there are, cause when you, when you are a fucking hilarious girl and people see you, they're like, what the fuck just hit this place? That's a good point. So it's like, you're even way more than a funny dude. Well, it might be the equivalent. That's I didn't think about this, but when I do urban rooms like Chocolate Sunday, yeah, and then you're a white guy. I walk up the second I walk on stage, it's just like they start laughing. Yeah, because they're like, Cause "Oh, they're this, like, motherfucker this motherfucker thinks he's hilarious." Following Mike Epps, <laughs> like, right? What the fuck is this guy gonna do? Yeah. Mike Epps just flatten the room. What's this asshole gonna do? And I'm like, I'm so white. And uh, <laughs> but then you, but then you prove yourself with a you know, and then they like you. And then they're like more. that guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's interesting. So so that. it's like I, I'd rather just talk about all the benefits, you yeah. know. And I'm not saying there aren't problems, but I think there are problems for guys. What if you're a really funny straight white dude and no one wants to fuck with you right now, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying no one wants to fuck with you guys. I'm just saying, what if? Like, yes. I don't know if that's what's happening for you guys. But I'm just saying, like, there are there are problems, too, for everybody. Well, yes, and comedy's hard as fuck. True comedy's that. hard as fuck for everyone. So it's like, you know. You know what? She has more perspective than, I think, both of us combined on this show. <laughs> Absolutely. And to, she's a better singer. So when I went to. Jeez. And she's a Jew. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I told you, I'm stuck on it now. So here's the thing. When I was. When I, when I was in, um, well, you know, well, that's a whole other thing. The day I converted Judaism, you'll see. So um, it was tomorrow. Uh, so uh, when I was in graduate school, I remember there was an Asian lady in the class, and she was decrying the the Asian problem in Hollywood, like we don't get cast anything, we don't get roles, da 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 da. And then, um, and then she got out, and there was a role they were looking for this type of Asian for this type of role and they saw like three people hmm. who actually spoke Korean and could play the role and she got it but they th- they only had three options so again it's one of those things like yeah it sucks for everything everybody and when you start to think that your yours sucks worse like when white guys say oh as a white man as an actor in comedy it's so hard for us it's like shut up no it's not <laughs> It's, yeah. it's kind of equally shitty for everyone. You have to find a way to break in no matter what you're doing. Yeah, you have to prove you're funny over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then anything can happen. Yeah. Like, dude, I just – so it took me forever to get fresh faces, right? At oh, the Laugh Factory. Oh, at, here. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then, of course, the day it happened, my mom was in the hospital – and like the legal shit I was telling you about with yeah. my landlord happened that day. Oh. So like, of course I didn't bomb, but like I had a mediocre set, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like, really? 
it took me for fucking ever. And Jay, Jay seen me do well before. Yeah. And it was cool. And there was all this good momentum. And I'm like, great, seven minutes. <laughs> and then oh. it all, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that's a struggle that anybody could have at any yeah. time. And I'm not about to say it's because I'm a girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's annoying. No, it had to do with all this other shit. And then other people did great. And that wasn't because they were white or they were black. It's just like, comedy's hard for everyone. So it's like, I just get annoyed when I hear people want to like blame yeah. circumstance it's just like mm. no man like shit sucks and it might take me a while to get it again yeah. you know what i'm saying and that's just like what i have to deal with but it's 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 just because that's the game do you think that's that the game baby part of the journey as a <laughs> yeah. comic um because i think as an actor uh, frank langello would talk about when he first started acting he would be on broadway he'd get to the theater at 6 p.m shows at eight and he'd look in the mirror and do his makeup and think about his part and blah 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 and method act in his brain and by the time the show happened, he was so removed from who he actually was as a human being on the planet Earth that it was kind of divorced from some from real like urgency. So then he was like, then I changed it. So I would show up literally at 730, take a shit and go on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and as a comic, when you said oh, all this shit was going on, do you feel that the goal is ultimately that when that stuff comes into your life in your head? it becomes the the fodder for the material. I mean, I would like for that to be the case. Yeah. You know? And and I think the more I grow, then the more I'll be better at handling those nights. Yeah. You know, it's it sucked that it happened that way. And also when you have a, when you have a set that is you, you had your set probably down. Right? Yeah. Exactly 7 minutes. Yeah. Rehearse it da da da. Yeah. And then your brain is going to in a place that wants to talk about other shit, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because if that were if that were just kind of like a loosey goosey show, then you could probably talk about yeah. it. Yeah, but I couldn't, and so I was like, "God damn it!" Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And it sucks. It still annoys me. Oh God, yeah, I get that. I get that. It's frustrating. Now, have you had any sets where you, um, you said you bombed? Talk about the time you bombed. Not that I'm a pain fetishist, but you did really well the first time. <laughs> yeah, and you did the upstairs room yeah. at the Comedy Store. People who don't know, it's one of the more difficult rooms in LA. It takes no prisoners. Yeah, the O O R in the belly room. They're they're very they can be very difficult rooms. I don't really know why. Maybe because it's so dark and people. They I can't don't know be why great. either. But I've had great sets. Yeah, I've had good sets in the ballroom too. So what happened that that, that night? That night, just, I think I was just I got cocky. cocky. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, when you go up, if you already won when you go up there, I think people don't like. It. And then especially, I had no experience Wait, what do you mean, under my if belt. You already won with like you? in your head when you're like, oh, I got this. Like oh, okay. there's there's a good version of that and there's a bad version of that. And yeah. I had no experience to feel that kind of confidence. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. one set under my belt. That's very interesting. So I was just like, oh yeah, no, I got this, and no <laughs> jokes to back it up. <laughs> so so like that's what happened it was like half half baked premises and yeah, like yeah. i thought i thought i was really clever <laughs> and like no it was just i'm glad i bombed you know what did I'm you saying? get heckled no no have you girls been don't get, oh yeah of course but girls don't get heckled the same way guys the same really? way guys do yeah like girls don't get he- like guys get mean hecklers i feel like well, guys I will get tell, meaner. guys get the hecklers that i get 100 percent of the time if it's a guy they're supporting they're like yeah bill yeah <laughs> i'm like okay cool shut up but the hecklers of like eh, always white women 100 percent of the time yeah white women. yeah they don't like it uh they don't like me in particular they tell what happened at the laugh factor on friday no that was the show you saw man yeah, i right? saw that uh just say how i murdered anyway so <laughs> it was a good set 
It was a great set. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so I just want to say. He went first and he demolished the place. <laughs> Nobody could follow him. Oh, my God. People still haven't gone on stage since I said. <laughs> he had to clean had up the bodies last year. I done. wasn't even there and I heard about it. <laughs> so, uh. So I, I got off stage and it, it, it was it was fine. It wasn't it was good. It wasn't great, um, but it, but it's fine. I mean that show is also, you know, it's when that, when Laugh Factory is packed, it is the best room in yeah. the world. It's just the, the sound. Everything. Anyway, I get off stage and Jack Whitehall's there, and I'd never met Jack Whitehall before, so I have a little bit of a man crush. And I'm like I'm like I'm like, hey Jack man, nice music. Oh wow, good set, good set. And this woman comes up. This little British girl comes up <laughs> right to him. Oh my god! I'm so glad you're here. I'm sick of these American douchebags and their comedy. And I literally just—I was oh the first comic. Oh my god! <laughs> I was—it was Mark Hayes and then me. So he's not American, right? So who the fuck was she talking about? <clears throat> I don't could have um, been anyone. So and that's something, but that's something I also feel like I have to kind of look at in terms of like why am I pissing off? <laughs> so, um. Do you feel when you go on stage, do you feel that there is a group of people that are automatically not going to like you or that you have to kind of be self-deprecating to get people? OK, as a as an attractive woman, that's what Tommy says, not me. I, I'm objective. Uh, but do you feel that you have to get women on your side and do, to do that? Do you feel you have to kind of diminish yourself or diminish the way you look or? Yeah, but I mean, it's not that hard to do. Like the way I like to dress, I usually like on stage, I dress kind of like boyish and yeah, I wear beanies. So this, and, you had a set tonight? Yeah, this is actually like as dressed up as I get, as like okay. feminine as I get. <laughs> I mean, because I just came from- Is that very intentional? Because you came, don't want people to think- I like, mean, I, I can't, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I can think in more humorous terms when I'm dressed like that. I don't know what it is. So it, it just came naturally. It wasn't like a purposeful yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. But um, so I, I talk about the fact that I dress like a boy, sort of. Yeah. Um, I'm dressed this way today just because I came from work and I ended up like getting out just in time to make a mic before coming here. What was the mic you did tonight? The Ha Ha. Okay. Mm. Yeah, which starts at um, like 5.45. So it was perfect because we got out at like 5.20. Oh, 5.45 start. So yeah, so it was it? super early. It was, and then my, oh, and then you know my buddy was hosting it, so it was kind of perfect. So what was how'd that go? It was good. Um, yeah. yeah, it was good. So like, I'm not able to get on stage as much as I normally do. Usually, I'm up like at least four or five times a week. Um, but I have this job now. What's um, your job? So I'm working on a new Marvel show for Hulu. Um, I'm on the writing end of that show. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, Tommy, can you get my resume? <laughs> I have no power okay, whatsoever. Okay. Um, I wish I could, but, um, I've never, I've no, no, because like, I want to help funny people. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, don't say it like that. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure hey. you really want Okay. Help. Hold on. No, I've no, gotten no. people. You guys are dicks. Oh, Mike. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't know. What are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. My, I'm We're excited to hear about it. My yard's in the parking lot, but go ahead. Go back. To your <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I, I, anyway, how that job, how, that's amazing. How that job come about? Thanks. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Well, okay, the immediate answer is through my managers. But I think the reason I got the meeting was the the showrunner used to be at American Dad. And I've done voiceover for both Family Guy and American oh, Dad. Wow. So I think it helped with the pitch email where they were like, she's also working at American Dad. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Um, because otherwise it's like I know a million people are, are getting submitted for that kind of thing. So I was like, how did that yeah. come through and you had to do a writing packet right no it's not a talk show it's a scripted um, so how do they know about your writing uh, well Twitter? i have managers who who submitted my stuff i'm assuming okay so just for people who don't know because uh, a lot of people aren't in the business listening to this what what um 
submitting your stuff, what does that mean? Like so pilots I have, you've written? Yeah, or? yeah. I have two pilots. So um, and we use both of them as samples interchangeably, yeah. depending on the show. Yeah. And um, and so for talk shows, you usually have to submit a packet where they tell you we want these kinds of jokes, and then you usually have to like write one. You can't just send like a, you know like a standard here's my writing packet for whatever show they yeah, usually yeah, yeah. ask what you need um but this is a scripted show so i'm sure they submitted my stuff and then um and then they they came back with like we don't have this available but we have this available is that okay and and i was like dude fuck yeah so yeah so it just happened and it's um one week in this is uh the second monday we've had on the show and it's 20 weeks long and what are the hours like for that um 10 to 7 ish that's yeah, so they're long intense. days, and I've never had—I've never been in an office full time. You know, it's well, like, are you in a writer's room? Yeah, or you have your own kind of cubicle, and then you meet uh, the both. Room? Yeah, I yeah. have an office, and then I there's the there's the room like yes. the big table I've and the whiteboards. Been, I've never been in a writer's room. I've always wanted to be in a writer's room. I've heard people say it's the most amazing thing. And then people said they want to murder themselves. I mean, of course, it depends the on the room. Yeah, exactly. like our our showrunner Jordan Blum is so great. Yeah. I can't say enough amazing things about him. He's yeah. just like, he he's like, you know, I've done every level of this and I want it to be cool, like no pressure. And, just, you know, he's just like, he's so, I can't, I'm just so appreciative because yeah. I hear horror stories too. Like people coming in on Saturdays and yes. leaving at like nine or 10. It's just like, why? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's murder. So anyway, yeah, I, I took the gas off, um, the stand-up just for a couple weeks because I didn't know what the hours would be like. You want to kill it at the new job. Yeah, but it's like, it's scary for me because I used to be like super, you know, hanging out all the time and I was getting on tons of shows and now I like deliberately like stepped off a little and I'm like scared. What are you scared about? Not being able to, not like being thought of for new, for like shows or like not, or like losing my social presence or something like that. If they know that you're writing for a Marvel show for for Hulu, they're going to be up your ass probably even more. Maybe, but like I never go, so it's like no one, you know what I mean? Like so, there. It's like I still talk to my friends, obviously, but yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm not at the at like the comedy store kicking it like I used yeah. to. You know, uh, I don't know because we can't really talk about the details of your writing job. Uh, but do you feel that stand up can be a form for you to try out jokes for, for the, the show? show? No, I can't do that. Nobody can do that. Yeah, oh, it has to be. It's in the con. Yeah, you're, I, th- I think oh, wow. you're not supposed to like. Yeah, because you don't want. Because then, what if it ends up on the show? They don't want someone to be like, "Oh, I heard that joke on on stage on stage somewhere." Or Even something if you like said that. it, really? Yeah. Interesting. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what I read the I read the contract, and I think that's what it said. Wow. Um, yeah, they're uh-huh. yeah because you're not supposed to, yeah you're not supposed to take material from somewhere else and you're not supposed to use the material in there for something. Because I know that a lot of writers for Bill Maher show used to perform at uh, Laugh Factory and they would work on material that would later be on the show. Oh yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah. Um, unless I read too much into it, or my t- you know. I'm just trying to find a way to make it seem like an easier <laughs> mix of the two for you. Yeah. So no, I know. It. I know. Although it, you know, I it's kind of a. I would hate to like accidentally think of something Yes. or like, you know, someone said like triggered something and then I accidentally, you know, use it. So what is the writing process? How is it different in terms of writing for a scripted show and writing for your standup? Um, well, I can tell you what they do. Um, they, they have like the outline and the outline of, of like the, the, yeah, they have like the season arc and then they have the outlines for hmm, trying to think like, I also don't want. I, I also don't want. I want to make sure I don't like overstep. But 
but episodes get divided up. Like yeah. writers get um, individual scenes and, and work or scene individual or... episodes. Okay, and then and then they they handle it, and then they come back together. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And what uh, for for you for writing? What is do you have a goal in mind as a writer? And is it separate from your goal in mind as a stand up? Um, I would I, I for stand up. I just want to keep doing stand up. Yeah. You know, hopefully forever. And then for writing, yeah, like I'm con- I'm just constantly writing. So I would love to obviously like have my stuff produced or um just see it come to life somehow would be really cool. Um, but right now I'm uh I'm with a really great management company who seems to be like really putting the pieces in place. I mean, who knows? You know, it's yeah. kind of all smoke. But um I. You know, I just want to like keep producing because even if you have great stuff, if you don't have new stuff, I notice like they're like, yeah, she's great. Bye. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. kind of have to keep like proving that you're getting like stand up, you know. Yeah. So oh, it's wow. like right now I'm writing a movie and then I have an animated show idea. And then so I have to like work on those, even though I have two pilots. All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, for sure. Um, so it's kind of relentless. Do you have a goal in mind in terms of uh, maybe I always want someone on my podcast end up running a studio. So I'm going to put it out there right there. Do you ever look at yourself as someone who could maybe be in a position of, or, or, or is that not in your purview or in, not in your ambition to do something like that? I think the only person who talked about it really was Vanessa Johnston. She was like, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if women in general just don't feel like, a lot of guys are like, I want to run a studio someday, I think. See Popstatter, for example. But I feel like women, maybe it doesn't. You're saying me, Vanessa like, said she would or wouldn't? She would. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's kind of the pinnacle. You could, it's like you're Steve Jobs. You walk around like Bill Burr, you eat a pretentious fruit like a pear, and you tell people what to do. <laughs> and you get to be creative too. Is that something that interests you? Oh, like yeah, totally. Like yeah. I mean, I think devel- development's really interesting. And I, I think I have decent taste in content. So I kind of like read it. Like, I feel like I could read something and be like, this is funny, or now nah, this needs this and yeah. this and that. So if I, you know. If, if there's a way to use that, like I would love to have a production company and just like develop stuff or even even produce stand up specials, I think would be yeah. awesome. You know, yeah. like that's definitely something I want to do. There you go, Tommy. She can produce your stand special. Yeah, at some point. He was a little frustrated today, so I want to give him a little talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. But yeah, I guess. Tommy, what would you say? I'm is, always frustrated. What would you say is the biggest problem with getting into comedy in L.A.? Because you're new to town. <laughs> Oh, geez. Do you, do you think it's begin? that people just aren't, people don't, want, other comics don't want to support you? Or do you feel like the, the mics don't develop you enough or what? Uh, I mean, I think people are chill and they'll support you once they get to know you and they know that you're not just kind of testing it out. I just think it's hard to get stage time. Yeah. That's the most frustrating thing. Is yeah. You got to just make your own stage time. Whereas I have friends back in like North Carolina and they get tons of stage time. It is not necessarily good, but it's just super available. Yeah. And you come out here and it's like you got to just fight for every minute. And then because you get such small sets, you're like constantly in that mindset of just like, oh, I got to do this joke, this joke, this joke. Whereas I got friends who are doing like 30 minute sets. Yeah. And I'm like not getting opportunities like that. Got so it. It's just yeah, it, I feel like you, you develop slower here. Yeah. Because if you're on the if you're on the road, I mean, it's great you do for the road. Yeah. A I think little I looked bit. At, I looked at your website and you had like 50 dates in a row. Yeah, yeah. I, Maybe you had to cancel them because you're a new job. I don't know. But No, no, no. I'm doing them. Uh, Do you tour with someone? I was on the road with Craig Shoemaker for a while. Craig Shoemaker. Um, and then oh, and then there are other people I've opened for, but he's the most consistent. Now, in terms of getting uh, as a feature with a big headliner like Craig Shoemaker or whoever else, 
Is that something where you approach them and go, hey, I want to tour with you? Yeah, he saw me at a show and, and asked. Wow. Yeah. She's funny. She's funny. <laughs> Thanks, You know, it's so funny because I've definitely opened for a lot of really big comics, but I realized I've always asked them. But that's a good way to do it. Like, maybe I should ask more. You know no, what I'm that's saying? that's great. Like, people are like, you, you're funny. No yeah, but ever- like, I would probably get more if I were more assertive. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's totally possible. You're obviously doing it. It doesn't matter how you get it. Yes. It matters that you got it. That's exactly we were just talking today about the idea of social media influencers and Instagram yeah. stars and how they get opportunities to get on stage because of their following. I don't think they, I think that's a little overstated. I don't think they get that much opportunity because of their Instagram following, but I'm like, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day you have to do well. You have to cry. Yeah, yeah no, totally. totally for sure. I mean, that's why it's like, all right, you know, that, that YouTube person has nothing on your eight years or your 10 years, like whatever, you know, like yeah. there's, they're still going to need funny yeah. people. Yeah. It's so true. And if they're a YouTube person and they go on stage and they crush after doing it for six months, I kind of have to be like, all right, they're just fucking better than me. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. And that's something, that's something that, that takes, you know, we should learn how to do that too. You know, just as human beings, like, all right, maybe that person is just naturally yeah. better. And like, that's fine. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It might just mean that they got there a little faster. It's like, yeah. Are, are we going to hate that? It's like, that's, that, that's a really good that point. just makes us look so insecure, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. Comics insecure. Like, <laughs> but just I, lie, just when, lie about your insecurities. Let me get some product placement here. Roots of fight. <laughs> so I rolled with a 15 year old Russian kid who was a blue belt. And I'm not 15. I'm older. So I, I was like, this is going to be able to. I mean, I was fighting yet? for my life the whole time. And I only didn't get submitted because of just weird old man stubborn pride. Like, I'm not going to let this fucking 15-year-old kid. But I had to admit, like, he was just kind of like a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like this crazy Russian strong guy that, you know, was better than me. So I think as comics... I feel like there's certain things that people have a lot of ego around. And one of them is comedy, right? Yeah. It's really rare for people to hand over like, Hey, you're funnier than me. Or I think I have a lot to learn from you who <laughs> yeah. is a peer. People are like, look, my funny is special. <laughs> and we all want to think that our comedy is our unique. Brand. So we want to, I think it's very instinctual for people to shit on other people's comedy in their brain as a defense mechanism. Hmm. If that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Or do you feel very supportive when you see all... Is your natural inclination to be supportive of other comics? I mean, yeah, I think so. I well, think... She, she's a better person than me. And no, no, but I think I think there's the... I, I think we all have the competitive thing, you know? Of course, we're humans. We want yeah. to be better and bigger than everybody. That's just, like, in our DNA. But, like, I also have the, like, awareness to be, like, that's just, like, yeah. biological responses, yeah. you yeah. know? Like, of course, I want to do better than everybody. Do I understand that that's probably not going to happen? Yeah. yeah. Like- well, when I talked about what we were talking earlier about the guitar stuff, and you were like, I don't want people to think I'm hacky, and you kind of mentioned that. Is that something that... Like, first of all, I guess part of me kind of goes, well, who gives a fuck what pe- if people think? Right. Because if the audience likes you, right. and there's obviously an audience that would like that, does it matter that people, the comics, the comedy store, smoking cigarettes, going to be like, oh, she does a guitar? Oh. No, it doesn't. But I, I also know that I'm not secure enough to not care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I- I'm still at the place where I want approval from 
from the comics who I kick it with. Interesting. Yeah. What would that look like to you, getting that approval? I mean, just, you know, I want I want people to put me on their shows. I want them to, like, yeah. think that I'm a good writer and, and notice that I'm a good writer, not because I have a guitar in my hand. I want them to be like, no, the writing. Like, in that way, I'm a little bit of a purist because sure. I'd want it. Like, if someone compliments my stand-up, I want it to be because I'm, like, actually good. Like, I don't yeah. want to have a crutch. Yeah. Which I think is what a guitar would be for me. Yeah. <laughs> is there a comic that you admire right now that you want? I mean, I'll, I'll be very blunt about a comic that I always wanted Daniel Tosh to like me. I always wanted him to, <laughs> I always wanted him to take me on the, I actually came up to Daniel Tosh and said, Hey, man, I'm such a huge fan. Any chance you, you know, bring, I'll pay for my own room and flight, whatever. I would love to open for you. So he looked at me like with that kind of like that arch look. He was like, I was like, okay, yeah, thanks man. And he walked away. It never happened. But do you have any comics that you kind of like look at and you're like, oh my God, this I want to tour with this person. I want to work for this person. It's weird. Like my instincts when I really love somebody aren't I want to tour with them. It's like I just want to see more of their comedy and okay. like hopefully, you know, grow to be writers like them, yeah. you know? Do you have yeah. any comics that you say would be your biggest influences? Um, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm influenced by tons of different people all the time. I love Bill Burr so uh -huh. much. I love, um, I mean, obviously, like Richard Pryor and Ali Wong is a genius. Um, I got I got kind of influenced by Ian Edwards pretty early on because he uh -huh. and I had a podcast together. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it was like pretty quickly after I started doing stand up. And it was like a sketch comedy podcast where we like wrote sketches and played characters oh, on really? it. Oh, really? Yeah. I could never see Ian playing a character, really. He's really good at it. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, and like he's, I mean, he's great and, and I learned a lot, a lot from him. So I think I, and I've seen a lot of his stand-up, so, yeah. um, so I think I kind of try to think in those terms as yeah. much as I can, you know, yeah. for someone who's just been doing it the amount of time I have. But, um, but I how have- How long have you been doing it now? Uh, seven and a half years, almost eight years, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So I still feel like a baby, <laughs> sure, sure. you know. Have you got a chance to headline yet? Not like little, like little, little rooms, you know, not, yeah. not like on the road or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. Tommy, you got any <laughs> questions for, before we wrap this up? Uh, oh, shit. Well, I should have been uh, prepared. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll tell you what. After you get done with this Marvel show, what are you looking forward to? That's nice. Um, hopefully I can just hop to another show. Yeah. You is know? there a specific type of show that you've always wanted to write for? That's a good question. Now, well, now I'm super into animated shows. I never thought uh, that yeah, I would. Yeah. But like, I've loved cartoons since I was a kid, and I've, I do voiceover for for some you know animated shows. Oh, you now. still do? Yeah, it's it's not consistently ongoing, but it is. Uh, it, it, it I've done um, like seven or eight episodes between Family Guy and American Dad. That's great. Yeah, so it's cool. And then, you know, we'll see. Like, I fill in for someone when they're not there. So um, it depends if they show up or not. Yeah. Um, but it is it is basically recurring, even if it's not every month. Does it's, SNL, is that something that interests you? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, any, like, I, I love late night shows. I love, I mean, I'm so, open. I just love comedy. I'm just, yeah. like, mm -hmm. open but to whatever. But you haven't submitted for SNL or try to get I've involved. I've submitted a packet. A packet. For SNL. Oh, for writing, writing. Yeah, for writing. But, um, but to be a, on it, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I never, I, I haven't thought about auditioning for it. It's so you weird. see yourself more as a writer than performer. Maybe. I mean, maybe I, I, I just, it's weird. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, writers have all the control. They do. You know, so it's like, yes, I want to do stand up forever. Hopefully, I can be in a show that I wrote. Like that yeah. would be incredible. Obviously, the dream. But like when I think about what has like the most longevity, it's writers, producers. 
So that's really where my mind is. Just like, what can I, what can I make? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to be my own boss. That's great. Do you, do you look at TV or film as something that you're more drawn to? I think I'm more of a TV person. Um, but, but the movie I'm writing is hilarious. So like, hopefully if it, I mean, we need a good comedy. Not good. I know. Right. Like there aren't, there aren't as many as there used to be with the, with the rebel Wilson lady was, isn't it romantic? Mm-hmm. And they put a lot of money and effort behind that movie. And really funny. I mean, Adam Devine is in it. He's great. Like, a lot of really funny people in it. And that was just like, so many voices came together to make this very <laughs> mediocre film. Yeah, a lot of movies comedy. feel very overproduced and kind of studio handled. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also feel like if you're... I, I, I help write films for a guy who works. I don't, I don't want to say company. But anyway... Um, and he'll write a great script or we'll come up with a great script and we'll company. And then someone will hire up. will just go, I have an idea about this character. Perfect. It's so funny. Make this character a dog or like make this character <laughs> like change the sex or the that race. Is and, and, and they think like, it's just one thing. Just, you're, yeah, you're like, Oh, you just throw, it changes everything. Did you hear that? Did you hear that note about, I think it, I, I think it like blew up and became a big deal when it surfaced was like the note from the publisher about Moby Dick was, does it have to be a whale? <laughs> <laughs> that cannot be real. No, no, for real. I'm, I'm, I'm like 95% sure. Oh my God. Okay. Well, yeah. Cause my brother that. and I talk about it all the time. My brother's a writer too. And he, and, and so like anytime I, anytime I send him something, he'll call me back and be like, does it have to be a whale? So well, there are no whales. <laughs> that just made me think of something that happened. The first TV show I ever booked was a show that it didn't, it didn't air. It was a show called, it was a Dick Wolf show. It never, but, um, I played a skinhead and I was bald at the time for another play I was doing. And so I went audition for a skin and I was bald. How many actors in New York are going to be bald who right. are actual actors? Very little, obviously. So I go in there, I do the part. <laughs> I get, I, apparently they were debating about casting me in this part. And then one of the producers goes, because I have to, the big reveal is I'm in suit and tie and I have a wig and then a court, they take up my wig and they make me take, and I have like swastika tattoos everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then one of the producers said, I really liked him, but we should probably get someone who actually has those tattoos. Wouldn't that be more effective? What oh the my fuck? god! So then they're like, "You want to get someone who actually has swastika tattoos on their body that to play this role? You want to work crazy. with this person? Yeah. <laughs> you want to give this person money?" But, but literally, that was like apparently there's a big bite. Someone said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. We should think about getting someone really authentic. That is who's terrifying. Covered in swastikas. Holy oh shit! No, because I just had one swastika tattoo. And yeah, I that was and it was hard enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Okay, so uh, so there. This is awesome. I think you're great. I'm so glad we got to meet. And Me do you too. Have, would you have like a ten year plan? Is there anything like shoot that way down the future? I was like get better at comic, be a headliner, do all that stuff, movies, da da. Anything else? Album. Wife, kids yeah. is, that, is also part of the I thing. I want a wife and kids. You want a wife and kids? <laughs> I knew you were a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, it's it's probably not that different from what you, your goals might be. I just really want to, like, write and then, like, make my shit, you know? Yeah. Like, I and I love voiceover, so I would love to be in a cartoon that I wrote. Do you uh, do celebrity impressions? Uh, or is that too hacky? Well, if I did it on stage, that would be hacky. <laughs> if I did it on a podcast, you, it would be you, slightly less hacky. Okay, let's do one. I want to I'm trying to remember who I can't even think right now. Okay, we'll all do a celebrity impersonation. Oh God! Starting with Tommy. Oh, starting with me. Do your best one. Or I'll do. I'm not very good, but I'll do a couple. I kind of gotta get warmed up. Oh Jesus, Tommy! Come on. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 
you oh, have somebody. I'm starting with you. This is let me get in the character. All right. Uh, this isn't really a celebrity, but this is uh, an old British woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is like uh, a backup actor for Downton Abbey who never made it, but they went okay. to the audition. All right. <clears throat> oh, well, well, goodness me. I just forgot the good ladle. Yeah. You forgot the good ladle? Yeah, it's like Oliver Twist, he asks for more soup, and, and then she's like, <laughs> Well, I don't think we made quite enough soup for all of you. And that's basically <laughs> you it. You sound like a British person doing an, a, 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 an impression of American person doing, doing a British, British person. person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That, uh, no celebrities? I, I used to do uh, Brian Reagan, but I, I'm going to fuck it up. I have done it really well. And, uh, yeah, I know. I'm going to fuck I it mean, up you, if you I try and do it. You get in the zone to do it. Uh, yeah. I get that. But do it anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. No. What's, I'm trying to think of a joke. That's a tough, act, that's that he a tough does. impersonation to do, by the way. I just used to kind of like have a lot of Brian Reagan energy on stage. And so it kind of just happened. Yeah. What? I'm not, it's not in my ear, though. I'm okay, totally okay. not getting close. All right, that's who I got. So the standard one I got that I, I've done before, mm-hmm. uh, which used to be a, it used to be a joke that I stopped doing because of the fear of, of hackiness. Mm-hmm. This this joke is actually hacky on a twofold level, where I say uh, I was talking about being on a date, and a girl goes, "Oh, you know, you look just like," and I had like my hair was kind of long. <laughs> So I go, I go, I was like, oh, my hair was kind of long. About it. I was like, maybe she's going to say Owen Wilson or something like that. I get that a lot. You know, <laughs> wow. I get like, and I, I can't even do Owen Wilson, but I do wow, like Owen Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can, I can, I can do a little bit of Vince Vaughn. You know, I can do Vince Vaughn. It's like, if you go really fast, you talk like, and, but I need to have a script. Okay. But anyway, so I go, I, just, I, say, I go, um, I go, maybe she'll say Matthew McConaughey and the audience goes, uh, and I go, fuck you guys have heard it. So my Matthew McConaughey is pretty. So I go, hey, thing I like about high school girls, I keep getting older and older. They say the same age. <laughs> and then people laugh. I go, she told me you look just like Ellen DeGeneres. And then I do a little dance. And that was like one of my first jokes that worked. Because you had the four voices. I had, I had four well, you voices. Had three voices in a dance. Three voices. And then I looked like Ellen DeGeneres because I was much skinnier. I had long hair. And then, <laughs> and then I think Jeff Singer from Montreal was like, hey, that joke is really hacky. <laughs> so I lost it. Do you remember the first joke you did that like really killed? We were like, this is my fucking money joke yeah i still have it it. (laughs) yeah yeah totally what is it yeah well i just um there's this rape whistle my friend gave me Uh uh-huh and then and then i blew it and it just sounded like one of those train whistles (laughs) and then i was like what Uh, like so so what i what i do sometimes is i blow it and then like everyone just laughs at the sound yeah yeah because i still wear it just because it looks cool i wear it all the time and then and i blow it it's like and I'm like oh, all woo, aboard, woo. yeah, all yeah, yeah, all aboard. Yeah, <laughs> as a rape, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. And then I like go into the whole thing about like, <laughs> <laughs> like what do you do with a rape whistle that doesn't work? Is you go return it, but that's like the saddest experience of all. Having <laughs> 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 to go return one, they're like, "What's wrong with it?" Don't they, ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like start crying, and then <laughs> you do a train whistle. Twenty hobos show up, like, "Hey." Yeah. Right. Oh, I guess I'm getting extra raped. <laughs> I extra can't raped. say the joke. I can't say the joke. Obviously, Let's but yeah. I still have it. You That's know? great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. And and no one else will do that joke, so it's a perfect joke for you. Right, right, right. Me. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do you have a celebrity impression? Oh, um She thought she got away. Yeah, yeah I really did. Yeah, come on. Um 
I don't this know. This is Isaac Misrahi. I don't know how good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so these new. I don't even remember how he talks. Um, but I just know he has a lisp, a slight lisp. Yeah. Um, what are Obama's daughters' names? Malia and Sasha. Sasha. Oh. Um, <laughs> I. It's it's been a pleasure to be here for uh, with my wife Michelle and Sasha and my daughter Malia. <laughs> and that's all I can do. <laughs> my daughter Malia. <laughs> yeah, my daughter Malia. He talks a lot in like the front of the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, daughter yeah. Malia. And I always love saying my daughter Malia. It's just fun to say <laughs> my daughter Malia. <laughs> I mean, I sound like a girl doing them, obviously. But he's just the most fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I can't think of any. I mean, I'm sure I can. I'll leave here and be like, shit. But with, for your big SNL, uh, you know, I want you to get an SNL so I can be like hung with my big pot belly. Like, hey. I'm, I talked to her about SNL. She's the reason. <laughs> I'm the reason she's up there. Yeah. Because you have like three celebrity characters. Yeah, there. yeah. I know. Of course I can't. I, I mean, if you guys throw out some names and then do some, I'll just be able to watch. Well, as a singer, I mean, that's what Melissa Villasenor kind of blew up doing like Christina Aguilera. And yeah, Britney yeah. I think, I think I can impersonate a lot of singers. Um or like rappers, you know. You like rap? I, I can rap. Multi talented. I can't rap. No, well, no, that was like. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Like, I'll, I'll just take it as a challenge. Like, I'll, I'll listen to some of Eminem songs and just be like, I wonder if I could do that. And then I'll, like, I'll spend way too long learning yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah By the yeah. way, how, how much did I date myself when I went, <laughs> I did like old school <laughs> beatbox? Yeah, yeah. That's like someone who grew up in the 80s. Anyway. I would never know, though, because you're wearing a tank top. So. <laughs> yeah and i got my la douche hat. anyway um i can't wait to see what's going to happen with your career you're you're everyone says great things about you Aww. you're absolute heirs it's the after laugh after laugh welcome to the after laugh after laugh after laugh <laughs> after laugh man <laughs> go ahead pull up a chair <laughs>